Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. The Steelers have a new offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith. We'll talk about all the ends that there as far as what he brings to the table, what the Steelers offense needs to look like when it when he does take the when they do take the field with him at OC and coaching hires because behind him there might need some new staff changes on offense. All that here and more in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Batko. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko. We're talking all things Steelers, as the Steelers do have their new offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. What are our thoughts on that? We'll give that to you here on the show shortly. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of your daily content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And the show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they have over 500 different available beers. Three of those beers are from the local area. Eighty of those local beers are available on tap and you could try out all the different types the types of beers that they have there sampling new ones and they're bringing new ones in and out every single week so that you're never running out of options when you go to mike's beer bar they have over 20 televisions to watch whatever sporting event that you want and they have amazing food like steak on a stone where you choose your choice cut of steak it's brought out to you heated stone every time you cut up a piece you press it into the stone and that's how you choose how well done you want every bite of your steak go to mike's beer bar the best bar in all of pittsburgh when you get there tell them uh, tell them chris sent you brian we now know it's our Arthur Smith, he was interviewed. We kind of briefly chatted about the candidates and everything. Your general reaction to the decision to hire Arthur Smith. He's he's not old. He's 41, but he's not one of the young, hot shot Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahanites that some people were one. Yeah, and I think um, he himself jokes that he's been going gray since he was in his 20s. And hmm. it was Matt LaFleur of the Packers, who was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee, in 2018, who uh, was replaced by Arthur Smith as in that role, they're good friends. But he jokes that uh, he, you know, Arthur Smith is needed just for men for a long time. So, you know, it. I'll say this much: the more I look into the to the guy's personality, his background, seems like a very likable uh, coach. And that's important. You know, that that jibes with uh, a, a lot of what I've read from the end of days in Atlanta, where. You know, Arthur Blank, the Falcons uh, owner, I mean, he's known as a classy guy to begin with, but both he and the team CEO, Rich McKay, were very complimentary of Smith, even as they fired him. And a lot of the players the next day in the locker room were 
appreciative that Smith sort of met with them as a team and, you know, addressed them one final time before he was out the door. So it doesn't seem like he lost his job in Atlanta through a lot of dysfunction. You know, Arthur Blank, again, the Falcons owner, said he applauds Smith and the staff and the players. He says he never lost the locker room. He's been around teams where you you hear about that, and he doesn't think that's what went on there. But still, they did get rid of him. They wanted a change, so it's it's a, a little bit like the Steelers, uh, you know, get, getting a guy who uh, is not coming off a good tenure in his most recent spot. But you know, by all accounts, you know, you maybe you'd have preconceived notions about a guy whose dad is a billionaire and the founder of FedEx, and it's probably <laughs> you know not needed to. Uh, hurt for much in his in his life but you know he's, he's gone through some adversity in college and player at North Carolina he had a lot of injuries that hampered his collegiate career but it seems like he's really wanted to kind of you know make his own name for himself in the football world he he was determined to earn a scholarship so he didn't have to have his way paid by his dad he he was initially a, he got his NFL start on Washington staff under Joe Gibbs where his dad was a minority owner and they played at FedEx Field and mm. he I think he basically said after two years of being an entry level guy there, he's like, I can't, I can't continue to advance in this organization because it's, it's going to be too associated with the family that I come from. So he he got out of coaching for a year, went to the college ranks for a year, and then he's been back in the NFL ever since, mostly with the Titans, not a guy who jumped around a lot. Sort of interesting that he coached under Mike Malarkey, Mike Munchak, Mike Vrabel and Ken Wisenhunt in Tennessee. So all Steelers, connections there but uh he he seems like somebody who's gonna you know bring a certain amount of gravitas to this role and I I think you kind of need that right now on the offensive side of the ball with the Steelers Uh, most of all these guys just want a system that's going to produce points and and victories but with some of the tomfoolery we saw in 2023 you you also might need somebody who's sat in the head coach chair and dealt with some of those uh trials and tribulations and maybe can strike a certain tone with a, with a young group that needs it. The question I think that a lot of people have is which version of Arthur Smith will the Steelers be getting? Will they be getting the version that was head coach of the Falcons where Bijan Robinson maybe didn't get the ball enough though. He did get the ball a lot. You know, he, I think he was, you know, four touches, four touches per game away from like, you know, Christian McCaffrey. He was, a, yeah, you know, he had all rookie. all purpose yards. I was looking at that right before we got on here. It's, it, that's, I think that narrative got a, a little bit out of hand. I, I, I agree. I think that, you know, some people were, were frustrated. Fantasy owners were frustrated because a lot of his touches wouldn't come in the red zone when they could get more points. And there were people mad about that. But I look at number one for fantasy owners over these last few years because they used three consecutive top 10 picks on a tight end receiver and running back. And I, I think he even had a lot of pressers with the Atlanta media, uh, sometimes jokingly, sometimes probably frustrating uh, that saying it's, it's not about fantasy football. It's about trying to score points and, and win games. So he's, he's not concerned about who's getting what touches and how many snaps they're playing. But I'll, I'll also add that he seemed to be someone who had a genuinely, you know, solid connection with uh, with reporters down there, and that doesn't mean much. But uh, obviously, he remained kind of well liked, even as that team uh, fell on hard times. And I think he finished what twenty one and thirty or something like that as the head coach. Seven and ten for three straight years. So yeah, that's pretty easy math there. Be twenty one and thirty. Uh, but I think part of it also is how the offense ran because I think people are less concerned about the overall record of the Falcons. Obviously it didn't work from his head coach, but what was the offense like? Because that's what he was brought there as head coach to fix. And 
you know, for a year, it looked like, hey, maybe they were figuring something out. They they were ranked 15th in points in his second year. Um, they were the run game ranked third in the NFL that year. Like they were maybe they were figuring things out. And then everything fell right back to where it was when he when he started with uh, with with this past year at 2023. And he was 26th in points, just like he was 26th in points in 2021. The offense looks disjointed. Kyle Pitts has never taken off. Drake London hasn't taken off. B. John Robinson had a really good year. But, you know, people still feel like, you know what, he's not using those talents-wise. And that was also, like, if there was a critique to be had of his time in Tennessee, it was that he didn't get A.J. Brown involved involved enough. But in Tennessee, and this is where the question comes, which, which version of Arthur Smith are, are you getting? If you're getting the version in Tennessee, I think Steelers fans would love to see an offense that ranks ten, in the top 10 in scoring in, bo- in both his years that he was there. In fact, in the one year, they ranked fourth in, in scoring, second in yards in 2020. Uh, and a lot of that was behind the, you know, the run game, which is what the Steelers want to be right now. Um, you, which, which version do you think they're getting? Because there's plenty of co- good coordinators, even great coordinators, who just aren't good head coaches. And that kind of and, and their the units that they specialize in wilt under their under under their watch at head coach is are you going is there a chance that the Steelers are getting the oh the real OC version that was successful from Arthur Smith or do you see similar problems in Atlanta carrying over? I mean it's it's hard to say. I, I think um, you know it's it's always going to be something that follows him was how easy was the job when it's simply hand the ball to Derrick Henry and watch him explode through the line and beat everybody to the end zone. You know that there's. I think a, a modicum of truth in that, although Henry didn't necessarily take off and, and become the Derrick Henry we know and love watching today until Smith got into that role. That's where I was um, going with that. Now, how much of that was his own doing and his design versus Mike Vrabel being like, all right, guys, cut the crap. Like <laughs> we have a mutant here. Give him the ball 300 times in a season. You know that there was a head coach there above him too, uh, more of a defensive minded one, but still uh, somebody else who was, setting the agenda nonetheless. And when Smith got the chance to do that in Atlanta, it it didn't go as well as everybody thought, but I think it's encouraging that there were expectations for him with the Falcons that went unfulfilled. A lot of smart football minds, former coaches, players really thought that that was a hire that was going to result in big things down there in the NFC South. And there was a lot of talk of, man, imagine what he's going to do with all these playmakers. Initially it was Matt Ryan, at quarterback, he may have been washed, you know, that that's sort of a, a tricky situation there for a new head coach to come into. But uh, there was a lot of belief that uh, that that he was going to get it right. And I think if you want to feel like, hey, the 19 and 20 with the Titans, Smith is what you're getting in Pittsburgh. You can chalk up a lot of it, too. They just didn't have a quarterback, especially these last couple of years. He's he's swapping in Marcus Mariota, Desmond yeah. Ritter. Last season it was Taylor Heineke, Heineke in and out. Like you know, uh, maybe some indecisiveness on his part. But the guy was just trying to get it right. And how much of that was his, you know, misevaluation of Ritter versus the GM Terry Fontenot? You know, those are the kind of palace intrigue things that you you never fully know. But um, you know, I think there was a report out there too that in that final meeting with the the Falcons. Uh, decision makers Arthur Smith was kind of like just give me one more year we'll get a different QB in there and see what we've got and they didn't ultimately go that way but yeah I mean that's that's kind of uh, what you need to bank on if you're the Steelers and conversely knowing that there's there's not exactly a Pro Bowl caliber let alone all pro caliber quarterback on this roster right now we think 
what was his plan when he went in there in there those interviews with Mike Tomlin and company and what made them uh, so comfortable and confident that he's going to be the right guy for this, given the way his offense didn't flourish these last few years under a few different passers. We'll talk more about how that fit works for the Steelers and what what Arthur Smith can do to amplify what's already on the roster and maybe also what they need to add to the roster to get it there. We'll talk about that on the other side of this first break here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Batka. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar. As I said before, when you go to Mike's Beer Bar, it's just the best bar in Pittsburgh. They have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area. 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And I'm talking anything from stouts to sours to IPAs to Hefeweizens to pale ales. They've got everything you could want. They have different flavors, things that you didn't even think were possible to be beers. They have there. That's why you got to go to Mike's Beer Bar. It's a perfect place if you want to catch all the sports action on, on, a, on a big sports night. Penguins playing away can't get, and, and can't get to get out of town. Guess what? You can go to Mike's Beer Bar and enjoy all the different available beers. While they have, again, over 20 televisions to view whatever you want. While hockey's going on, you can be checking out NBA, college basketball, anything that you want. Heck, you could go there for the Super Bowl and get a lot of action there. It's all there at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. And again, they have amazing meals like the steak on a stone. They also have seafood on a stone great options go to mike's beer bar today it's on federal street right across the street from pnc park when you get there tell them chris sent you we're back here in the north shore drive podcast from the pittsburgh post-gazette chris carter brian batko uh, talking more about the the arthur smith hire i, I want to dive back into the point that you brought up about derrick henry because like you said there's some people say well he just just hand it off to Derrick Henry. That wasn't that hard. But Derrick Henry went from averaging at best 66 yards per game to over 100 yards per game, leading the NFL in both the years with Arthur Smith there as offensive coordinator. And those are the only times that he's led the NFL in rushing were those two years that Arthur Smith was there. And it's the, also the only times that he's averaged over five yards per carry um, was in those was in those two years there, and you look at even just the, the touchdown production. He had 16 touchdowns and 17 touchdowns in those back to back years. The most he's ever had in any other season was 13 in 2022. I think there's something to be said with what Arthur Smith was able to get out of the Titans' offense, and not only that, but the balance that he, that he brought with it. Because Ryan Tannehill and we talked about, you know, the Steelers don't have a Pro Bowl guy on on their roster right now. No one thought Ryan Tannehill was a Pro Bowl guy when he when he came to the Titans, and yet he was he was in MVP conversations at crazy parts of the year. Now, I, even I said back then that was crazy talk, and they needed to calm down. And eventually, time played out. But if you got I think Tannehill threw 55 touchdowns and 13 interceptions in his two years with Arthur Smith. If you got that kind of production out of Kenny Pickett with that offense, and this offense becomes a top 10 unit the way that the Titans did, I'm not saying they will, but if you were to say to get that, just let him rekindle what he did there, and this defense is still in the top 10 categories and they actually are healthy, that would make this team, I think, a lot more dangerous. It's certainly the best we've seen of Kenny Pickett through two seasons in the NFL has been the guy who is taking care of the football and is managing games and is occasionally uncorking a deep one uh, that that sort of allows you to be a quick strike offense. It, it hasn't been the QB dropping back 40 times and throwing for 400 yards that has led to the success he's had to this point in the NFL. So in that sense, the marriage of, of Pickett and Arthur Smith could be a good one for both sides. He's, he's already showed what he can do with a quarterback who is efficient and is, is hitting the right reads and is you know, making a certain, 
you know, making the certain throws that he's capable of and being put in position with a strong running game and, and sort of, you know, getting you out of those close games by, uh, by being mistake free. And with Pickett, um, you know, there's clearly a next step that needs to be taken. Art Rooney, the second made you know, no bones about that on, on Monday. There, that was really the single biggest focus, I think, for him at the top of the agenda was to make that point uh, with regard to Kenny Pickett. So, you know, you're not bringing in a, you know, a quarterback guru here, but you are bringing in an offensive coordinator who his feel for the game and his playbook did allow a quarterback to flourish who a lot of people uh, didn't necessarily think was ever going to live up to first round talent. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill, it's, it's not like he continued uh, to, to have a great career after Smith left. So that, you know, clearly he was helping him do something there. And you know, the, the 18, 2018 Titans offense was led by Matt LaFleur, who's gone on to be one of the best uh, and most successful head coaches in the NFL, let alone offensive minds. Um, so I guess there's something to be said for the residue of, of what he left behind with that scheme. But who have the Titans coordinators been uh, since Arthur Smith? You know, no, nobody who's really a big name. So he, he clearly accomplished something there if they didn't quite get over the hump in the AFC. But uh, when I say he does have some encouraging things on his NFL resume, that's the kind of stuff you're talking about. This isn't Matt Canada 2.0. I think that's I think that's an unfair um, distinction that some people are out there making because they they might just feel so disillusioned by everything the Steelers are doing that they're looking to immediately jump down their throats and poke holes in something rather than think about it critically and objectively while weighing both the positives and the negatives. Hey, I think if you're going to compare this to an offensive coordinator hire, this is much closer to Todd Haley. You know, like Todd Haley was a good OC who became a head coach and was not a good head coach. They had, a, I think they had a losing record with the Chiefs. They had like one good year or two or something like that. Um, but he he did not have good numbers as a head coach. Gets out. Even they admitted, like, I wanted to get back to being an offensive coordinator and just running the offense. And then he created the offense of the 2010s that they, uh, that, that got the Steelers in the top 10 uh, in offensive offensive firepower uh, in, in those years. And also, I think he lengthened Ben Roethlisberger's career in doing so. So, um, you know, I, I think we've seen these kind of moves before. Maybe Arthur's – and I'm not saying Arthur Smith's going to do that. He's going to just, you know, lead the Steelers to that. But – I do think there's something to be said with the strength that they brought that, that, that he's bringing in because you have Najee Harris, you have Jalen Warren, you have a developing offensive line. And as Ray Fittipato pointed out in his senior bowl coverage that the Steelers spent a lot of time in the first day of the senior bowl week, looking at centers and offensive tackles, Mike Tomlin, even getting so far as much as being in the drills uh, with, with them being as close as he was. Um, I, I think to me, this shows very much Andy Weidel like they want to build up front and they want to make this still a, a team that can win, that can dominate you on the ground and then win through the air. But Brian is getting a, a coach like Smith kind of abandoning, you know, the idea. I saw some people saying this means they don't believe in Kenny Pickett anymore. It's like, listen, I'm not saying it's that they don't believe in him, but I think it, it, they're not they're not being disillusioned by the idea that Kenny Pickett can just throw 35 times a game every week, and that's the game plan that you want to have. I don't know that there's a really strong correlation there. I mean, I, I think. Art Rooney laid some breadcrumbs about Arthur Smith on Monday when he said, look, you can't completely change the personnel on your roster. So you've, you've got to interview guys and find out how they would work with the players that you currently have. Yeah. You can sign some free agents. You can make some draft picks and you know, you, you would hope that you have talent that you can utilize regardless of the offensive scheme, but you know, you've still been built 
a certain way. You've invested a first round pick in a running back. You've you know, strengthened your your offensive line more so with kind of mauling run blockers than uh, than than your prototypical pass blockers. So I mean that those are sort of the bones of the offense, and and that's what you uh, have have you know set out to be. And you know through that prism, hiring Smith makes sense. There's going to be a faction of people out there listening to us right now saying that that why did why why are you trying to enhance what you have as opposed to tearing it all up and saying the Steelers offense has been so bad that you need to just rethink everything about it and I, I don't necessarily know that that's wrong I mean I, I can sort of understand where people are coming from on that front if you know if you are one of those so that's ultimately not the way that the Steelers went it probably wasn't realistic to expect they're going to bring in a Cliff Kingsbury and all of a sudden they're running the air raid. Um, you know, that's just, uh, <laughs> I don't know how viable that is in the AFC North to begin with. And, you know, that's that would require a lot of different probably eyes in your scouting department and, and just the way that you think about offensive football. So, um, you know, Smith is, is somebody who's been around, should be able to adapt and work with the pieces that he has. And, you know, it's not like he's... Uh, it's not like he's somebody who has fallen up. He he very much did earn that job with the Falcons. You know, when you look at it that way of sort of the Todd Haley thing that you mentioned, corollary, Chris, that didn't work out for him as a head coach, um, but all the strengths that he brought to that job and why Atlanta hired him in the first place, very detailed, very organized, very prepared, extremely hard worker, um, comes highly recommended by all his mentors. Those things will still apply. But if you view it as somebody who was an offensive coordinator for somebody for three years and his teams put up those numbers, uh, you probably aren't as enthused. So that's that's sort of the double-edged sword of, of bringing him in here now at this point in time for the Steelers. We'll talk about who else they need to bring in because when you bring in a new offensive coordinator, most likely he's going to have some people on his mind that he wants to bring with him. We'll talk about what those changes might look like here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Backo, stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Batko. Uh, Brian, let's talk about what the Steelers have to do behind Arthur Smith, because now that he's hired, we know Mike Sullivan was interviewing with the Raiders and all this other stuff, and there's all these, you know, there's there's, there's going to be moves that happen. Is there Saints anyone on well, talk to Mike Saints, Sullivan. Saints, that's true, Saints as well. Is there anyone on this staff that you think either A, will stay, and B, needs to stay? I think you... When you hire somebody like Arthur Smith, who's has the offensive coordinator experience, has the play caller experience, in the last five seasons, he has been calling all the shots for, for an offense, um, whether it was Tennessee or Atlanta. I don't think you want to micromanage him from this point. I think you kind of just need to let him cook, you know, tell him, hey, make sure you go get the right assistance that you need to teach your offense and, you know, work well with you and what your vision is. Now, if some of those guys are already on our staff and you talk to them and you decide, yeah, this will work for me, then great. Go go ahead and do that because they have prior relationships with the returning players. Whether that's a good thing or not, you know, only the people behind closed doors can can say for sure on that. But, you know, I, I think Pat Meyer as the O-line coach and sort of de facto run game coordinator, I remember Najee Harris being very complimentary of him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the, the Matt Canada 
uh, firing happened. He, he said he wanted to kind of make sure he gives credit to Pat Meyer in addition to Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner. So that was notable. I, I, I think Meyer is somebody who, you know, maybe he can stay on if, if he gets a chance to sit down with Arthur Smith and they see things a, a lot of the same way. Mike Sullivan too. I mean, now that you've, uh, you haven't gone with sort of the quote unquote QB whisperer for this OC, then maybe there's more of an opportunity for Sullivan to stick around here. Or maybe you see if Smith can go get somebody who uh, was, was mentioned in the offensive coordinator search cycle this year and it didn't work out for him, but perhaps he has, you know, quarterback coaching experience from the Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay tree of things, because I think that's, one of the main hangups I have with how this all just played out, Chris, and, and this sort of goes to the point from the previous segment, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think Arthur Smith's a bad hire or anything like that. It could work out quite well, but a little surprised that you didn't see the Steelers show more interest in a wider range of candidates. You know, didn't talk to anybody uh, from the Niners this year or the Chiefs. Yes, they're in the Super Bowl. You can still have virtual interviews with these guys. That's the whole reason why the NFL put in some of those parameters so that teams can one pick off assistance from the most successful franchises at the moment. And two, so that those coaches aren't uh, hampered by that. So a little strange to me that it's somebody like Niners passing game coordinator, Clint Kubiak, who's got coordinator experience, didn't get a look as far as we know, Eric Bieniemy, who's kind of in no man's land right now with the commanders, Brian Greasy also from that Niners staff, their quarterbacks coach, the Chiefs assistants who at some point are going to need to get their first chance to be play callers. Um, you know, the, the Steelers, as far as we know, didn't really get too far down any of those alleyways. So maybe Smith can can look to some of those guys or maybe he'll fall back on his uh, usual right hand men from Nashville and or Atlanta. There, there are good names from those staffs, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's obviously just not super encouraging if you start bringing in a lot of the assistance from your past three seasons with the Falcons maybe he needs to branch out a little bit himself and who knows maybe in these meetings he told the Steelers he's going to do that it's way too early to say on that front uh sort of what what all was discussed uh when he when he did talk to them and sort of pitch himself for the job Uh, I should mention Eddie Faulkner too I mean Eddie Faulkner as a running backs coach it, it, it might be awkward considering he was the interim offensive coordinator. It might make the most sense for all parties to sort of move on there, especially because he was tight with Matt Canada. But, you know, I do think he was, uh, you know, respected by the players and, and Mike Tomlin. So I uh, would, wouldn't want to dismiss any possibilities of him sticking around too in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Faulkner seemed like he had a lot of respect from a lot of people. And I mean, you know, I think, again, a big part of what Mike Tomlin loved was how he was able to kind of set the room and kind of get get guys on, on focused on keep the, the plan going throughout the week uh, as the as the interim OC who kind of set up the game plan. So um, I, I think that Faulkner's, you know, gets to stay. But I do think that you're going to see Arthur Smith bring in quite a few guys to you know, establish like, hey, this is my this is my crew, this is my staff, this is what we're going to do because I need to know that we're all doing the right things at the right times. Yeah. Meyer, Frisman, Jackson, the wide receivers coach, they all had been with Matt Canada in previous stops. So, I mean, there are there are human dynamics and, and personal relationships, mm-hmm. there, especially with Faulkner and um and Jackson, who you know, Pat Meyer thinks got a little bit more NFL 
coaching experience. So yeah, I don't know how that all will play out, but um, you know, Arthur Smith is, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a couple of different places and he's worked with a lot of different faces. And I, I assume his network extends even beyond the people that we can look up on previous Falcons and Titans staffs. Absolutely. He's Brian Batko. I'm Chris Carter. We are the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all our coverage. We've got Paul Zeiss giving his opinion on, on it. We've got Ray Fittipato at the Senior Bowl. Jerry Dulac doing his thing. Brian doing his thing. We got we are all over it. If you want to learn as much as you can about who Arthur Smith is and what the Steelers are doing in hiring him and what's coming next, go to post-gazette.com or follow us here on the podcast on the North Shore Drive podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and our daily content that comes out, including football and chipped ham. Uh, with with Brian Batko, uh, Chip Tam and football, Chris. Oh, excuse me, Chip Tam and football. I got I got the order wrong there because you got to eat before you put your hands on the pigskin. I hear you on that. Uh, but anyways, he's Brian Batko. I'm Chris Carter. Thanks for tuning in. I'm back Friday. We'll talk with Rayford Apollo with his experience at the Senior Bowl. What he's been seeing. Find out here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.